Summertime is here, and the best way to beat the heat is with these great deals at MythMark.com. Join the adventure with sisters Emma and Olivia as they journey through the land of imagination in search of Yoon, the magical unicorn, in David K. Montoya's The Missing Unicorn and the Land of the Zombie Fairies. Or travel with poet Christopher Bice as he shares his thoughts on love, death, inspiration, and madness in Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. If fantasy romance is more your speed, join Celeste and Merrick as they figure out how to defeat the evil Ren doll while they figure out the plans of the elders in Stephanie J. Vardy's The Chosen. Like comic books? We got them too! Hot Off the Press is American Smash by Alan Russo and David K. Montoya for $4.99. Or enjoy our older releases like The Hunter's Exodus for only $2.99. Also just in time for the summer are these other hot deals like Zoe M. Montoya's Uni Whale t-shirt, blue for boys and pink for girls, only $33.99. Or Lupus Bits the Podcast shirt for $27.99. For all our art lovers, we have something for you too with our prints and lithographs. Check out the Ed Bickford collection for $15 each or enjoy the art of Vincent May for $15. We have everything you'll need to stay inside and beat the summertime heat at MythMart.com. For more information, go to www.MythMart.com. Call us at 870-557-2612 or email sales at MythMart.com. Yeah, I remember Quinn and his family. It was uh, 2220. You know, life was a depressing dead in existence thanks to the aftermath of global warming. The only thing they had to look forward to was a mandatory 40-year lifespan, at which point they'd be unceremoniously put to death and turned into compost. But only if they lived that long. You know, then one day, Quinn made a fateful decision, and, you know, there were disastrous consequences. Consequences that forced Quinn and his wife and their son and their friend, to flee the confines of the city in search of a different life. They were searching for something better. Their hopes lie in the distant snow-capped mountains, but to get there they had to cross that dreaded no-man's land, all while being chased by the World Order Security Police who had orders to shoot to kill, and their food and water was running short. Could they make it to reach their new lives? Read their inspiring story to find out in Jim Bates' Something Better, now available in paperback and ebook. For more information, go to www.mythmart.com. This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Feynman, and John Masari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Taki Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on our way, well, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry. 
Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 56 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Barty, just like every other week. <sighs> I'm home, folks. I was home last week, too. But this is like the really feel like you're home home. I have a sink full of dirty dishes home. <laughs> now, in my defense, I am podcasting from the seventh level of hell. So... It's been a little hot and steamy to, to do dishes, so I have to wait until like 1 a.m. to do my dishes. And even then, it's still hot and steamy. Like right now, the temperature here, it is 12.12 in the morning, and it is 73 degrees outside. Feels like 86, with 87% humidity. We have a heat warning. Now, for my Canadian listeners, let's put that into Canadian. That is 23 degrees Celsius, feels like 30, still at 87% humidity. Inside my apartment, because I don't have air conditioning, and I don't want to hear it, yeah, I made the choice. When I got the apartment, it came with one of those great big honking, 50-year-old, weighs 500 pounds air conditioners that you pretty much have to build an extra room on the outside of your window just to support the thing. My apartment came with it. And the landlord's like, oh, you can use it. You can keep a room. You can keep the apartment cold. And I'm like, yes, and pay the $500 electricity bill every month because the thing is 50 years old if it's a day. It's huge. I'm like, no, I'm I'm good without the air conditioner. I am, as long as I have a fan and I went out and I bought myself a nice little $40 fan, which if you'll excuse me for a moment. So I had to move the fan because I was doing a professional recording before this. Not that this isn't professional, but you know what I mean. And I needed it clean. So I had to turn my fan off and I, I moved it down because the wind was blowing and it was just making too much noise. And I thought that'd be okay. But then I could still hear the fan. Okay. I think it caught up. I hope it caught up. All of a sudden, I'm watching Audacity recording right now. And all of a sudden, it like stopped. <laughs> Nothing was moving, nothing was recording, it just stopped. Kind of like, you know, a glitch, the internet had to catch up. So I'm going to move my fan back up to Fair Fawcett windblown look level. So if you hear me spit every now and again, it's because I've turned my head the wrong way and half of my hair is blown over into my face because it's beside me instead of in front of me because I have my live studio audience set up, which is sitting in my ring light which is on the corner where I usually put the fan. And anybody who was at the board meeting on Sunday would know that because that's where the fan was during the board meeting. I don't know if anybody noticed, but, you know, I had the fair faucet windblown look then too. But I need the fan. It's, it's hot. It's about 87 degrees in my apartment. So as long as I've got the fan on, I'm good. Like, I can handle it. it when I go into the bathroom, um, it's a little stale in there. It's a little warm. I don't have a window in the bathroom. So it's a little warm in there. I like to have really hot showers. I don't care what the temperature is outside. My ex used to, when it would get really, really hot like this, he would have cool showers or cold showers. And then within five minutes, he would be completely soaked from head to toe in sweat. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Oh, but it felt really good while I was in there. Yeah, but the minute you step out, you're gasping for air. And you might as well just not even use a towel. What's the point? You put your clothes on, you're soaking wet. I like really, really hot showers. Now, mind you, this when it's this hot, I don't have them quite as steamy as I like. But for that brief moment when you step out of that shower and that air hits you and it's cooler than the shower you were just in, you're nice and cool. And then, you know, you go back to regular boob sweat. <laughs> it's a thing, folks. It's a thing. I'm a girl. I have boobs. There's boob sweat. It's a thing. I have... I When I was down at my sister's, I... <laughs> You've probably seen them on Facebook or seen a commercial for them on TV. They're called Arctic Air, and they're they're no bigger than like a little speaker, basically. And there's a filter in it. I tried something in my tooth. There's a filter in it, and what it does is it's supposed to put moisture into the air, which I don't really need. There's enough, thank you. If you put the filter in the freezer and you freeze it, like after you get it soaking wet and you freeze it, it makes the air colder, but you fill the top with water, and it's basically like a swamp cooler. The water trickles down, the air blows, and it's supposed to be cooler. And it is actually cooler than the fan, but my mom was going on, oh, I spent $90, and it hasn't arrived yet, and it's supposed to be so great, and it's just going to cool my apartment right down. 
I'm like, well, Mom, what are you doing spending $90 on this thing? Like, it's no bigger than a lunchbox. And, well, I don't want one of those big honking things. Okay, fine. So, I'm like, well, why didn't you just look on Amazon? Oh, there was none on Amazon, and they couldn't find them, and they couldn't ship them. All right, they were all sold out. Okay, fine. I jump on Amazon. Within three seconds, I found it. And I found it for $50 cheaper. So, I ordered it. I figured if nothing else, she can cancel her other one, give me the 40 bucks, and keep mine. Or I can take it home and have it at home. So I ordered it. It was there the next day. Yeah, my mom was a little crusty for a couple of days. And then she kept going on about, Mine doesn't look the same. Mine's not the same. Mine's different. Mine's better. Mine's different. Yep. So then when hers arrived, Kyle, the roommate, just took the gray bag down and sat it outside of her door. So I never got to see the box. I never got to see what was in the gray bag. And the next morning when she got up, my Arctic air just kind of materialized out beside my desk. So I said to her, I said, oh, you gave the, you gave mine back. You don't need it. She says, no, mine arrived. I'm like, oh, okay. She didn't say anything more about it. So I'm thinking maybe hers was different. Until I saw the box in the recycling and it's the exact, because I thought it was my box. I'm like, hey, this was under my bed. What is this doing in recycling? I need to pack up my Arctic air to take it home. And Scott's like, I didn't touch it. I don't know. How was your mom's? And Kyle, of course, Kyle knows everything because he's a nosy mofo. He knows everything that's going on in that house. How many times people have used the bathroom, who's had a shower, how many times the dog has peed and where, what the kids have done, what my mom has done, what I... He knows everything. He comes running out of his room. Oh, that's your mother's. That was the box that your mother's came in. Well, let me tell you, it took me a good 10 minutes to get myself off the counter because I was laughing so hard I had to hang on to the counter. It is exactly the same as mine. Right down to the neon multicolored LED light that you cannot turn off that she was not impressed with. <laughs> yeah. So she paid $50 more for the exact same thing that I got, which doesn't do what it says it's supposed to do. You're supposed to get 10 hours out of one tank. Well, you don't. I mean, maybe if you ran it on the lowest setting, you might get 10 hours, but no exact same thing it's a glorified fan with water and a filter that's it that's all and i mean it says it's supposed to filter out odors from the air and it's supposed to filter out cigarette smoke i mean if i was still a smoker i would wonder how it's supposed to take the cigarette smoke out of the air unless you're sitting right behind the thing having your cigarette and you're blowing the smoke into the little box i don't understand how i mean it's a little box but whatever so I have that sitting on my, my bedside table. It blows on my face. And then I have my fan at the middle of my bed blowing on the rest of my body. And I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I can sleep for the most part. Last night was a little rough. It was a little hot. I never did actually make it under the blanket. I slept on top of the blanket. I mean, they were doing road work. They were painting the lines on the street. And I guess if you work at night, you forget people sleep at night. They were a little loud. And I wasn't about to close any of the windows. I didn't sleep really well last night, but I have hopes for tonight. <laughs> I have drugs. I have drugs that'll knock me out and I won't care. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a little warm here the last few days. But I mean, it's July. Well, it was July. We're, we're into August now and we're kind of getting July's weather, except with a little bit of rain. July was the wettest July that we have had in a long time. Normally, it's like you've heard me say, you know, July is our summer. It's four weeks of hot, dry weather and then rain. And it was really rainy this month, like in July this year. Now we're into August. We're still getting like ridiculous heat and humidity. I don't know. Sutton's in some kind of bubble. <laughs> it really is. Because it, we kept getting all these warnings today. You know, severe thunderstorm warnings, severe weather warning, blah, 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 tornado warnings. And it was a nice gentle rain for about 20 minutes this afternoon not enough to cut the humidity or lower the temperature oh no oh no oh no we wouldn't be that lucky no just enough to make it even a little more humid and a little more sticky you know that sticky where like you don't even want any part of your body skin touching any other part of your skin because the minute it touches it gets slickery with sweat and not the good kind of slickery sweat but the ugh, i'm hot i'm sticky I'm sweaty. I don't like it. Yeah, that kind. So what do I decide to do? Since, you know, it's 500 degrees in my apartment and I'm in the seventh layer of hell. 
Might as well look the part and decided to dye my hair tonight. It's always a crapshoot when I dye my hair. The last time I dyed my hair, I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) I'm not quite sure if it was the chemicals or if my brain just decided it was going to stay on the couch and continue to watch TV. Well, I went and dyed my hair. I don't know if it was because I happened to have somebody on the phone with me and I was distracted. I don't know. But the last time I dyed my hair, for some unknown reason, I only dyed the top of my head. I didn't pull it through. I didn't blend it in. I just did the top of my head. And you could see it looked like this really weird hat, just the top of my head. And I went over to my girlfriend's house the next day and I'm like, you need to fix this. And she's like, all right, bring a box with you. Let me look at it. Maybe it's not as bad as you seem to think it is. Because I couldn't get the picture right. It didn't look bad in the picture, but when you just looked at it, you could see. It was a, the bottom half of my hair was blonde. The top half of my hair was dark red. There was a definite difference and you could see distinct lines. So I took the box over. Now I love my sister, Crystal. I do. But I've learned something. I can't let her get into a relaxed, altered state and then hand the woman a box of hair dye because she dyed the exact same places that I did. Yep. So my hair still looked two different colors, just darker now <laughs> the original red one. And she she caught all the, the root parts that I had missed, which was great, but it still looked like I was wearing a red cap, like a beanie, a red beanie. So I kept meaning, I kept saying, okay, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. I took a box of hair dye down on my sister's. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it. And I got hot and I started wearing it up in my hair clip. I didn't really have time to sneeze. So my hair never got dyed. So I came home and I mean, over time it kind of washed out and eventually all blended back into gray and blonde, reddish blonde, because the sun bleaches my hair. It's a thing. So I came home, went to the dollar store. They had this new kind of... Yes, I wear. I use dollar store hair dye. I'm sorry. I'm cheap. So I thought, okay, I'm going to grab two boxes. I'm going to give it a try. And this time I'm going to use two boxes. I'm going to do my entire head. I'm going to saturate every strand of hair on my head to the point where it's dripping off my hair. You get the two boxes on there and I'm like, I don't know, turn it back now. And it doesn't look too bad. It's all one color at least, sort of. It's kind of, it's, it's two-toned in layers, but that's because there was light and dark parts to begin with. So it's just, it looks more natural than being one solid color, but it's at least a color that matches. It's not like this distinct line of red and then blonde. <laughs> it's all kind of one color now. And there's no gray. So that's a bonus. Really? That's all I care about. When I dye my hair, that is all I care about. I don't care. I'll wear it two-toned. I don't care. I mean, I care, but I don't care. As long as there's no gray, I'm good. Because I don't want people to remember exactly how old I am. I don't want to remember exactly how old I am. So, yeah, this is my my second week home. And on Sunday, I'm going back to my sister's for a week. Uh, Only because I have a dentist appointment on the Monday hard to find a dentist up here and I needed to go to the dentist right away so when I was there seeing the dentist on an emergency visit he's like do you want to be our patient I'm like okay sure not a problem my ex's benefits worked yay so he's my dentist now so I have a a two-hour appointment I have to have two root canals and then some cavities done first and then when that's done then I get to have a cleaning after that so I'm that's on Monday I am not guaranteeing there's going to be a podcast next week it all depends on how my mouth feels on Tuesday just throwing that out there now just so you know and then my niece's birthday is the following weekend so I want to be there for that because she's turning two and I already bought her birthday present and it's already down there and then when I come home I'm going to get my daughter and she's going to come for a weekend to visit me because she hasn't seen my apartment yet because you know COVID and then I'm going to get my granddaughter before she goes back to school I think her and her little sister Charlie they're at my ex's right now this week we took them every summer like we would take Lizzie every summer for a week and the rule is you have to be four before you would come to Amma and Papa's house well the rule still stands but you know now you come to Amma's house and then you get to go to Papa's house so it's like you get two weeks of vacation instead of just one and what is in my hair? Oh, good grief. It's nodding already. Yeah, I woke up the other morning and 
It was so humid. Like my hair just kind of frizzes. It's a frizzy curl that I have. And I woke up the other morning and I had dreadlocks. Literal. Like the all the ends of my hair were dreadlocks. Were like all balled up. And it was, I, oh, I, I, I almost took a pair of scissors to it. And then I had several people that I know screaming into my hair, in my head, going, no, 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 don't cut your hair. So I picked them all out. <laughs> and it's starting to do it again. <laughs> See, told you, fan. There we go. Yeah, so I've got I've got plans for the summer, which is almost over. <laughs> now that we can actually do stuff. Um, as of the 9th, our border opened to our American brethren. We can't go over there and visit them, but they sure can come across the border and come visit us. So any of my American friends and family that are listening, bring an air mattress. I have floor space, but come visit. Shayna, Kevin, you guys can ride together. You are related. Come visit me. Bring Kimmy. Jesse. Come see me. Barbara. You're only in Alabama. You can come see me. Just saying. And I'm not saying that I, I, I may or may not, you know, fit myself into a suitcase and ship myself across the border. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, as of the 9th, Canada's basically open for business <laughs> again. So I can only imagine how busy it's going to be down my sister's way because she's only 20 minutes from Niagara Falls which is the biggest tourist attraction. One of the big, no, the biggest. It's the biggest tourist attraction in Canada for American visitors because the, New York is right there. The States is right there. They can walk across the Rainbow Bridge to Canada. Just walk across the bridge. I've done it. I've done it. I've walked across the bridge to the States. Just walk across the Rainbow Bridge. Go through duty. What are you doing? I'm going shopping. The duty free right there. Okie dokie. And off you go. And you go to the duty free and you load up on all your alcohol and you Come back across the bridge, clinking all the way with your bottles because <laughs> it's cheaper on the other side of the bridge. Now, you can't drive. It's really, it's bizarre. Okay. You can't drive across the border and say, I'm just going shopping for the day and then drive back. You have to at least stay the night. But you can walk across the Rainbow Bridge and go to the duty free and walk back. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like an unwritten rule that they just ignore doing that or what. I'm not exactly sure. I'm sure somebody's going to tell me. But yeah, I've walked across the duty, the, 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 the bridge to the States, went to the duty free, got the cheap alcohol, didn't pay duty on it because, you know, duty free. Anyway, so yeah, Canada's open for business. Fully vaccinated Americans can come across the border and hang out. So I am probably betting this weekend we will see a lot of cars from New York, uh, Michigan. Those are generally the plates that mostly New York are the plates that we see because we're only an hour and a half from Toronto, which makes it about a two and a half hour drive to the border. And we're a nice little cottage town. We've got lakes. We're right on Lake Simcoe. We've got, you know, the Black River. We've got some beautiful places up here for sightseeing. We've got Jackson's Point. We've got Sybil Beach. It's really nice. So we get a lot of tourists here. We get a lot of cottagers. A lot of city folk. Cityets, as I like to call them, because most of them are. It's good to be home, though. I uh, I missed my little apartment. It was really weird, though. That first week home, after 10 weeks of being up every morning between 7 and 8 and then not stopping until the kids would go to bed at 8 o'clock between 8 and 9 because even after like when my sister came home for the first little while after she came home her and Scott would take my niece and my nephew and the baby upstairs and get them ready for bed well when they would go upstairs then I would do I'd be on sterilization duty which means I was washing all of the breast pump equipment. I was washing all of the nursing equipment. I was washing all of the tubes for the tube feeding, all of the bottles, the nipples, the everything, and then sterilizing it. And there, she had this special bag, and you put everything in it, throw it in the microwave for three minutes. Well, she was also pumping as well. So after a couple of days or after about a day, the sterilization also included bagging and freezing the milk. For a while there, I felt like I was working on a dairy farm. <laughs> you know. And my sister has like two entire drawers in her freezer full of milk because we are all of us. My mom, me, my sister. We are all dairy cows. We have no problems feeding our children. <laughs> At all. 
and the doctor actually asked my sister if she was feeding my baby niece buttermilk because on average a baby is supposed to gain 20 grams a day now my niece was born at 35 weeks so she was a preemie and she was five pounds four ounces when she was born and of course as soon as you're born you lose weight immediately so she was under four pounds when she came home and they're they're trying to like you know they're she was being weighed like every two days or every three days she was being weighed and the first time we took her to be weighed she had gained 68 grams or no she was gaining 68 grams a day she's only supposed to be gaining 20 she was gaining 68 grams a day and I'm looking at her and I'm looking at my sister. I'm like, yep, she's just like her mother, a little bit of an overachiever. So then at the next weigh-in, she had slowed down a little bit, but they had stopped because originally to get her to gain her weight back, they weren't exactly sure because she was such a preemie and she had jaundice really bad. She didn't have a lot of energy. So she would nurse for maybe three minutes and just that was it. She was done. It was too hard for her. So then she would be bottle fed. Now, the nursing was interesting too. The nursing was was a two-man job, basically, or two-woman job, or a man and a woman. For the most part, it was my mom and my sister because Scott still had to work. He still had to get up at four in the morning so that he could leave by 5.36 so he could be to work on time. So he swapped rooms with my mom and he slept downstairs in my mom's room and my mom slept upstairs with my sister. Now, the tube feeding, what it was, was there was a tube that my sister would run down along the side of you know, her boob, and into my niece's mouth while she was breastfeeding. And my mom would push the syringe and, you know, feed her from the tube as well. This little bitty, teeny tiny, teeny, like, strand of hair-sized tube. Try cleaning one of them suckers. Try sterilizing one of them suckers. So then eventually they got, they could stop doing the tube feeding, but she was still supplementing with the bottle. She would nurse and then she would feed her a bottle. And then... That's why the weight gain kind of slowed down a little bit because then they stopped bottle feeding and she was straight nursing. But she's still gaining. She's got chubby little cheeks now. She's got double little double chin. She's got, you know, little rolls on her arms and her legs. She finally looks like she's grown into her skin. Yeah, she's really, really cute and she's really healthy. And uh, my poor sister's had a hard go of it, though. My niece is doing really well. But from going from that mass amount of activity where you start at basically six between, well, when, when Scott was at the hospital with my sister, I started at 6.30 in the morning because the dog is used to getting up with Scott at 4. So by 6.30, she's starving and really, really, really has to pee. So I would get up because she'd start whining and I'd have to get up at 6.30 and take her out and feed her her breakfast, put her back in her kennel. And I go back and lie down. Well, I'm awake now, so I can lie there and pretend I'm going to go back to sleep, but I don't. I lie there waiting to hear my niece and my nephew on the monitor and get them up for the day. And they, some days they would sleep into like 8.30 and I'm lying there going, oh, this is not fair. I hate that dog. <laughs> I don't. I love that dog. But, you know, it's like, gee, thanks, dog. I could have slept until like 9 o'clock. That would have been great. But no. So my day would start at 6.30 and it would end at 9, 9.30 sometimes 10, depending on how late we ate dinner. Because you have to do all the dinner dishes and clean up the kitchen first before you can start doing all the bottles and the sterilizing. So some nights, my nights would end at 10. Well, I still have a job. I still have things and responsibilities that I had before I went there. And that was kind of why I was able to go there because my job I can do from anywhere. So 10 o'clock at night, I would be sitting down at my desk. Okay, I've got this book I need to finish editing. I've got a podcast I need to do. I've got responsibilities and things that I needed to do. Luckily, a lot of it I could kind of ease back on, but I still had responsibilities. So a lot of nights it was, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning by the time I was going to sleep. Back up five hours later. So coming off of that and then coming home to complete silence, waking up on my own instead of being woken up and not having anybody say, hey, Steph, can you go do this? Hey, Steph, can you grab that for me? Hey, Steph, you got a minute? Can you do me a favor? Hey, do you think you could just... Nobody here doing that. I spent like the first week with my butt on the couch binge watching ER. Won't lie, I did. (laughs) Sure I did. I took vacation. I didn't ask anybody. I didn't plan it. It just kind of (laughs) happened. So here we are now. It's, I always record on two. Well, okay. I can't say I always record on Tuesdays. I'm supposed to record on Tuesdays so it can be ready for Friday. 
and I'm actually recording on time this time, which is completely going to shock the hell out of Joe. It's now a new week. My, I'm back on schedule. I'm back doing, a, this is what I do on Mondays. This is what I do on Tuesdays. This is what I do on Wednesdays. Don't mess with my schedule. Then I'm going to go to my sister's for a week, which is fine. Like, I'm not going to take all of my stuff with me. Um, I'm not even going to take my podcast equipment with me because I'm only going to be there a week. And I did tease Joe about him getting a poolside podcast. Now, I was on the three no's a couple of episodes ago, and I did do my part of the podcast from the pool. But last summer, y'all got a few podcasts listening to me splashing around in the pool, sitting on the stairs with my margarita, doing my podcast. So I want to kind of make that a tradition. I might not necessarily have a margarita, but you're going to get a poolside podcast. And it'll have to be done on my phone because I'm not bringing my laptop or my equipment into the pool room. That ain't happening. I'm scared enough bringing my phone because I'm clumsy. I will drop it. So yeah, I'm just going to use my phone to podcast next week. So there's that. (laughs) I'm going to try and get all of my recording obligations that I have to do done before I go next week. I just finished one tonight. I uh, actually auditioned for a job. It's kind of cool. I auditioned and I got the job. I am surprised. Um, I'm pleased. And I have been... For a while now, I've been considering pursuing a part-time career in voiceover work and audio acting and stuff like that. So I have enlisted the aid of a coach. I guess that's what you could call him. He's going to kind of critique. I'm going to, before I start auditioning for anything, I'm going to work on being able to inflect different emotions, different types of like I'm going to record different types of things different monologues different different stuff and have him critique it see where I need to improve see where I need to you know work I'm doing really really good at and you know where my my niche is and then I also have somebody that's going to write script for me so I'm not reading stuff that I already know how it's supposed to sound like I could do the whole monologue that she does in the rain, screaming at Ryan at, at Ryan Gosling in the notebook. I could do that whole thing. But I know how it's supposed to be acted. I know how it's supposed to be portrayed because I've seen it a thousand times. So I asked my very good friend to write script for me. So this is something that is entirely brand new. I've never seen it. Set up the scene, give it to me and see what I can do with it. And then see if I hit your vision of what you had envisioned for that particular thing because that's basically what you have to do there's a few places that I have to join a few memberships that I have to get and stuff like that but yeah I've been I've been thinking about it for a long time I've taken a few courses on it Um, I've done a lot of research I actually have an entire notebook around here somewhere on it and I hadn't told anybody because I have this pardon my language now I didn't coin this phrase but I love it and it's all the voices in your head the, the phrase was coined by a very dear friend of mine, the committee of assholes, because that's what they are. And I didn't say anything to anybody that I was thinking about doing this because they're very loud and they've been very loud lately. What they do is it's those voices in your head that tell you you're not good enough, that tell you, what are you thinking? You can't do that. You don't have the talent to do that. You don't have the look to do that. You don't have the style or the grace or the whatever it is that you need to do that. What are you thinking? You're going to be a joke. So the committee of assholes had started their chanting and I kind of kept it to myself. So it's been kind of a research project. And then I got the courage, I think about three or four days ago. I've done a few things. Like I did that part in Don DeBrail's story. Um, I've done a couple of commercials. I'm going to be doing some more. And I did a, a little piece audition sort of for something. Well, yeah, no, it was an audition basically because they already had somebody else in mind to do this part, like to do this piece. Basically sent them three sound bites of three different styles and I get back a message oh the first one yeah that one that's the one I want a clean copy of that one so sent them a clean copy and I got the job I kind of before that I I, my confidence had kind of been boosted a bit to where I reached out to somebody that I know that has experience well not necessarily experience in 
the acting field, but on the editing and publishing side of it, they know what to listen for and gave me when I asked them if they would, you know, listen to what I'm going to send them and critique it. Instead of just saying, yeah, sure, not a problem. He gave me this really long, detailed answer of what I need to do and what I need to watch out for. And, you know, like I asked him, do you think I can do this? And he didn't placate me. He didn't give me false platitudes. He didn't, you know, oh, sure. Yeah, whatever you can do, whatever you want, you know, dream big, you know, no, he didn't give me any of that. He gave me an honest answer. You need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. But yes, I think you can do it. And I really appreciated that. And it kind of gave me the courage to tell another person, this is what I'm looking to doing and then tell another person. So now there are actually three people in the world. Well, up until this podcast, there were three people in the world that I had told that I'm going to do this. I haven't even told my family I'm doing this, for heaven's sakes. I think it'll be fun. If nothing else, it'll be a learning experience. And whatever I learn, whatever I glean, I can apply to my podcasting and only make a better podcast. So it's it's kind of a win-win situation. I either, you know, get a job and get paid and build my portfolio for voice acting or I improve my podcast and bodes well for the network and I build my podcasting experience. So I look at it as win-win either way. I'm also taking some script writing courses, how to pitch for TV shows and stuff like that. A, because I want to know myself because I want to do that and B, because Being the editor-in-chief for Dark Myth Publications, I want to be able to offer our authors as much information, as much experience, and as much knowledge to be successful as I possibly can. If I can counsel them on how to turn their really great story into a script and present it to an agent or whatever, I want to be able to do that. That's what I've been doing lately. Yeah. So I've also... um, There's something special coming up on the world of Mythbits. I'm not going to tell you what because it's not my place and I want to drag out the suspense just a little bit longer. But it inspired me to pilfer something from a previous podcast. And we are going to be adding a new segment uh, as long as I can remember because we already have Fun Fact Friday. So now we're going to add Freaky Facts from Florida because Florida is full of weird stuff. Okay, so your first freaky fact from Florida. What do we got? I might have to change my search parameters. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay, hold on. <laughs> okay, the cat. The title caught me. The title caught me. Now this is um, July thirteenth, twenty twenty one. So this is recent, and the title is "Alligator Launches Into Boat." And, oh, for heaven's sakes, pop-ups, go away. Crushes Florida man's arm bones in freak accident. Now, it says, Florida man has recalled the moment a large alligator leapt out of the water and almost claimed his arm in what he thinks was an attempt to defend itself. Okay. (laughs) I don't understand if you're in a boat and the alligator's in the water, why was the alligator defending himself? What were you doing to the alligator? And a doctor has told of how surgeons had to quickly, to act quickly in order to save his injured extremity. Karsten Kiefer, a firefighter, was hunting, ah, see, there it is, was hunting alligators with friends at Lake Jessup in Florida in August 2020 when the incident occurred. Spotting one, Kiefer and his companions managed to hook onto an alligator in order to catch it. However, the father of two said the animal managed to launch off the bottom of the creek and into the boat he was using. Kiefer told Newsweek, I think he was just trying to defend himself. We had wounded him, and it was just his reflex. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that, because generally a wild animal's reflex when they're injured is to retreat, not launch. But, you know, okay. So the alligator got his teeth caught on the boat's railing, meaning the animal was not able to pull itself entirely out of the water. However, it managed to keep its hold on Kiefer's arm. He said, at that point, everything kind of happened fast, and we heard the skin rip and then the bones crush. Ooh, ooh. The firefighter said one of his friends managed to get a hold of him and stuck a metal rod in the alligator's mouth in an attempt to pry it off Kiefer's arm. Then, once Kiefer's arm had gone limp, the alligator let go. Guess it wasn't as much fun anymore. His arm looks kind of funky looking. But yeah, so I guess the lesson in that is don't poke the alligators. 
I mean, you watch all these. Uh, there's a show called Swamp People, and they hunt alligators, and they use guns. Like they'll they'll catch, they'll hook the alligator, but when they get the alligator close enough to the boat, they use guns. So I don't know. It's not quite weird enough for me though. So if we're gonna do Freaky Fact Friday, Freaky Facts from Florida, I don't know what we're gonna call it. We need something weird. That's all South Carolina. Oh, there you go. <laughs> don't go to the post office in Florida. Apparently there was a seven foot alligator in the post office. Okay, so this is weird. Oh, accept all cookies. Well, where did it go? There we go. Okay, so this is June 18th, 2021 from the Miami Herald. Oh, it's a subscriber-only content. That is harder than I thought. There's always weird stuff. I think my live studio audience is trying to help. Oh, here we go. While we're waiting for this page to load, we're going to go over to Fun Fact Friday, because I do have that ready. So this is kind of a last-minute addition to the show. I thought of it kind of, you know what? I want to pilfer this from a show, that another podcast that I used to listen to. Internet is so slow today. I don't know why, but it is. Maybe it's just Facebook that's slow. Wow, is it ever? Holy moly. There we go. Okay, so thank you, live studio audience. You have pulled my butt out of the fire yet again. <laughs> Big cheesy green. Okay, so we'll come back to Freaky Fact Friday now that we actually have some freaky facts. Uh, something else I want to talk about, a little fun fact Friday, is the history of podcasting. Who invented it? Uh, who were the first podcasters? How did podcasting develop? All that kind of stuff, because, you know, it's what we do. So apparently Adam Curry and David Weiner are credited with the invention of podcasting. And they were the first two podcasters, obviously. Something it used to be called audio blogging before it became podcasting. So what is the first podcast in the world? It's not telling me. That's just wrong. All right. So the etymology of the word podcast is a portmanteau. And it's a combination of iPod and broadcast. My live studio audience is bored. The term podcasting was first suggested by The Guardian columnist and BBC journalist Ben Hammersley, who invented it in early February 2004 while writing an article for The Guardian newspaper. So you see, you can make up words. And if you can use them and spell them and give a definition for it, it becomes a word. I'm surprised. When was this list done? Okay, this, is, this list is from June 2nd, 2021, and the 20 most popular podcasts to listen to right now are, where's the list? Okay, so number 20 is The Shrink Next Door, um, and it's about the story of Isaac Hirsch, Hirschkop, a professional physiotherapist that decided to take his professional abilities a little too far. He abused some of his most trusting patients for his own personal gain often throwing lavish house parties to entertain celebrities. His neighbor, Joe Nocera, often wondered about Ike and was surprised when Ike up and vanished one day. This popular podcast is written and hosted by said neighbor Joe. <laughs> uh, revisionist History, that's number 19. Number 18, The Dave Ramsey Show. It's like a finance. I think actually, um, to be honest, I think my brother-in-law listens to that one. Uh, number 17, To Live and Die in L.A. That's hosted by American journalist Neil Strauss. And this podcast is one that investigates the death and disappearances of an Albion actress, Albanian actress in L.A. Uh, Hidden Brian. Hidden Brain. I'm sorry. Hidden Brain. My A and my I got reversed. Number 15, IT Visionaries. Number 14, Stuff You Should Know. That's from Australia. Number 13, Man in the Window, The Golden State Killer. Number 12, Dr. Death. There's actually, um, and if you ever watched Dawson's Creek and you remember Pacey, there's actually going to be a TV series called Dr. Death about this doctor, Christopher Dunst. He was a surgeon from Texas and they named him Dr. Death due to his conviction of gross malpractice. So, yeah, they're actually going to do a TV series. So there is a podcast called Dr. Death. Number 11, My Favorite Murder with Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. The Daily is number 10. Uh, Serial is number 9. And Serial is a popular podcast hosted by Sarah Cohen, who narrates this interesting factual story over several episodes. Uh, number 8, Call Her Daddy. <laughs> okay. If 
you're looking for a bit of a laugh and some cringeworthy stories, then Call Her Daddy might be the podcast for you. Uh, number seven is Helen Gone. Number six, 22 Hours, An American Nightmare. Number five, Noble Blood. Ah, there it is. Number four, The Joe Rogan Experience. And I know several people that listen to that one. Number three, Overheard at National Geographic. Number two, Crime Junkie. I'm noticing a theme. Number three, The Clearing, Official Trailer. And wait, sorry. That was number one, The Clearing. But if you ask my opinion, Lupus Bits should be number one. I'm just saying. (laughs) We might make the, you know the list someday but those are your top 20 popular podcasts right now now let's go over to 23 of the strangest things that happened in florida in 2020 let's see i'm not gonna read all 23 of them (laughs) okay so this is about masks number one says there was a point in time where nearly every week there was a headline about some kind of confrontation usually in a grocery store over masks or social distancing guidelines. There was this suspect who reportedly said he snapped before he beat, kicked, and spit on an elderly man who asked him to social distance at a gas station. Then there was this elderly man who was attacked outside Publix for asking a woman to step six feet away while in line. At Costco, oh, good grief, and it doesn't matter what country you're in, United States or Canada, Costco's a scary place. A man screamed and clenched his fists, yet claimed he felt threatened when another shopper asked him to wear a mask. Let's not forget this guy, who, by the way, wasn't charged, for allegedly pulling a gun at Walmart after another shopper asked him to put on a mask. And it wasn't just the general public who was on the receiving end during these disputes. Deputies were coughed on multiple times, as were store employees, a brain tumor patient, and even a child in one case. I mean, in what reality did we ever think that you could be charged with possession of a deadly weapon because you coughed on somebody? Think about that. Think about it. I know my live studio audience is telling me no, but if the officer wants to be a dick about it, if you cough on him and you happen to come up positive, that could be premeditated murder, attempted murder. So, yeah. So around this time, when many were even afraid to go grocery shopping for fear of falling ill, some Floridians thought it'd be funny to tamper with everyday food items at the store. In one case, police say a woman went to a Holly Hill Walmart, selected some guavas, oranges, and other edibles, chewed the fruit, and spit the, ooh, masticated chunks right back into the bins, destroying $350 worth of produce. Okay, you know what? COVID or not, that's just gross. That's just nasty. I don't want to eat produce that some strange whack nut job, obviously, has spit all over. Ew! Records show that her reply was, I don't know, just cuz. When asked why on earth she'd do something like that, especially in the middle of a pandemic. In the same vein, there was also this woman who was accused of spitting on groceries at a large Publix and threatening anyone who tried to make her stop. While we're on the topic of things that should remain saliva free, there was this Florida woman who filmed herself licking a toilet seat on a sugar daddy's plane in what she dubbed was coronavirus challenge. Oh, and I bet you she did the Tide Pod Challenge, too. I don't know. I don't know. I have a general rule. Wear your mask and don't lick shit. Toilet seats would fall into that category of not licking things. Don't lick things. Don't lick doors. Don't lick handles. Don't lick your friends. And don't lick toilets. Just don't. Like, don't lick a toilet even on a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I can't even, I, I, I can't even now. I'm just, I, anyway, what else is there? Not your usual Peter Cottontail. Okay. Natives are restless outside. Easter came early in Flanglar County when residents found tiny plastic eggs stuffed in their mailboxes. Well, that might normally seem like a nice surprise. They were shocked when they realized the eggs actually contained pornography, a fish-shaped cracker, a sheet of toilet paper, and a powdered drink mix. Deputies said they eventually determined that about 400 eggs were placed in all, oh, in, placed in all, and Abril 
Castoni was responsible for the unusual crime. Body camera video shows she tried to use religion to justify her actions, claiming that she was a church and had been conducting research on local clergy. But deputies weren't buying that excuse. All right. So this one's entitled Too Saucy. We'll do like one more and then we'll go back over to our nice wholesome fun facts. <laughs> Where my live studio audience finds these things, I will never know. So this was called Too Saucy. Fast food restaurants were about as safe as grocery stores this year. Just ask McGuire Marie McLaughlin, who reportedly went to a McDonald's at about 3.45 a.m. New Year's Day and demanded a sauce of each flavor to go along with her meat only with her meal, only to be told she needed to fork over some spare change to pay for the condiments. Deputies said the sauce surcharge sent McLaughlin over the edge. She threatened to rob the McDonald's and said she would get the sauce by whatever means necessary. Over at Checkers in Largo, police said a 49-year-old man screamed at employees and beat on the glass window of the drive-thru because someone forgot to put lettuce on his sandwich. To be fair, I have seen some people get rather testy when their order is incorrect, especially if it happens to be their drink. Screaming and beating on the glass window of the drive-thru isn't that, you know, impossible to believe. Um, where was I? On a lighter note, ground broke in November in Orlando's tourist district on what will soon be the world's largest white castle. So there's that. <laughs> I've never been to a white castle. I... I I want to go. I've been to, oh, and I can't even remember the name now. These little itty bitty teeny tiny burgers. And I can't remember what they're called. Oh, it's right there. It's right there. I can't remember what they're called. But they're so good. They're, they're I don't know. It's the weirdest thing because you they shouldn't taste good. It's steamed meat. It's steamed meat patty on this little teeny tiny bun with chopped onions to the point where it's pretty much mush and mustard. Crystals. That's it. <laughs> I knew it would come to me crystals but they're they're so good i i have a crystal story i was in georgia my friend and i were coming back from an evening out on the town uh we basically went to the local bar and shop pool and drank beer and i was a little inebriated okay i was a lot inebriated and he had had some to drink but he wasn't over the limit he could still drive unfortunately as we were leaving said bar a guy bumped into him and poured a beer down the entire front of his shirt and his jeans. So he reeked like a brewery. Now we're in this big, huge van with tinted windows. We were actually leaving to go to an event in a couple of days. We had just come home from an event and we were leaving to go to another event. And we were vendors. We sold Renaissance type clothing. We sold collectibles. Like we had a Klingon Batleth made out of aircraft aluminum and it was signed by um avery avery scott i think his last name is and there's only two in existence and we had one of them we had a claymore that was half a foot taller than me we sold um boot knives we sold swords we sold machetes anything sharp and pointy we had it anyway so we had these wooden gun crates full of knives and swords and everything else in the back of the van. We were kind of having a little bit of a dispute because I wanted to eat my crystals. I had the munchies. And Tony wanted me to wait until we got back to the trailer because he knew once I started, <laughs> there was a distinct possibility that he wasn't going to get his half. He was going to get less than his half because I was small and I was cute and I was going to eat them. And he was driving. He couldn't stop me. And he kind of swerved. Anyway, we ended up getting pulled over by the police. So the police asked Tony to come out of the van and go to the back of the vehicle. So he's at the back of the van and I'm sitting. And okay, you have to understand, I wore really tight jeans to the bar because, you know, I wanted to wear really tight jeans to the bar. Well, when you do that and then you get into your vehicle and you're on your way home and you've had a bit to drink, the first thing you do is kick off the shoes. The second thing you do is you undo the button and you unzip the zipper of the really tight jeans and you go, oh, I can breathe. <laughs> and you resume normal breathing because you haven't been breathing normally for the last four hours. So this cop is coming up the side of the van and I'm trying to get my pants done back up. 
Because all I can think of is he's going to come up to the window. My pants are going to be undone and this is not going to look appropriate. So he comes to the window. Rolls the win- I roll the window down and he's like, so where are you coming from? So I told him where we were and giggled because, you know, I was a little drunk and he was very tall. And he asked what, you know, my relationship to Tony was. So I told him. He could sort of see the crystals bag beside me and he looks over and he says, uh, what's in the bag? So I told him, and he says, uh, okay. And I said, I had the munchies. Well, oh my gosh. Do not ever tell a cop you have the munchies. I don't do drugs, okay? I didn't think, I was hungry, I call it the munchies. Well, the next thing I know, they've got Tony Spread Eagle on the back of the van. They're patting him down, and a cop's asking me, well, when's the last time you did drugs? What? When's the last time you did drugs? 1994. I don't know. Not recently. <laughs> well, how can we have the munchies? Because I was drinking beer and I'm hungry. Um, so then he's, he's asked, well, where are you from? I'm from Canada. And I burst into tears because I was scared by this point in time. I was terrified because when we pulled over, Tony's like, oh, I hope they don't look in the back. We could be so in so much trouble if they looked in the back and they saw all those weapons back there. And I'm like, ah. So now like, I've got this angry cop with the flashlight like right in the face because he's looking at my eyes. And I, I, I burst into tears. Where are you from, Canada? What are you doing here? I'm visiting. How long are you planning on visiting? I don't know, but I want to go home now. And he's like, do you have any ID? No, because I didn't take my purse with me. I looked over 21. I didn't bring my purse. I wasn't paying. And he's like, well, where do you live? So I gave my address. Oh, I wanted with some crystals. He's like, okay. So he goes to the back and he talks to his buddy. And thankfully, neither one of us had any reason to lie. So our stories matched. And they told Tony, you know, like, look, they at first thought that he was drunk because he smelled like a brewery. So they did um, one of those breathalyzer tests on him. And I don't understand why they didn't do it three times on him. They did it three times on me that one night. Anyway, and he passed, obviously. So they're like, okay, well, you know, carry on. And he gets, and he gets back in the car and he's like, what'd you tell them? Like, I'm standing there talking to the cop. Next thing I know, they spun me around and I'm spread eagle on the back of the van. And all I said was I had the munchies. Yeah. So don't ever tell an officer, especially in Georgia, especially in Eatonton, Georgia, because they don't have a very good sense of humor, that you have the munchies. They don't, they don't, they don't understand. <laughs> they don't get it. So yeah, that's my, that's my uh, Georgia cops. Well, one of my Georgia cop stories. I have a couple. Um, I think I've told you the one though, where I was the soberest person at a house party and I didn't have my driver's license. I don't know where it had gone. The only thing I had was my Ontario health card, which is a picture ID. It has your picture on it, but it's your health card. It's not your driver's license. And they did three breathalyzers on me and then averaged them out and took the average of all three to determine whether or not I was sober enough to drive a stick shift. That I told them I had never driven before, ever. I don't drive a stick shift. I've had several people try and teach me how to drive a stick shift. Never ends well. They usually end up pacing up the road angrily stomping their feet and cursing and me sitting in the car in tears and you know the smell of clutch <laughs> I don't know I, just, I don't I don't drive a standard I've never found somebody that can teach me how to drive a standard now my brother-in-law tried but unfortunately I didn't have a license that day so you know but he did teach me how he did he did manage to teach me how to back up a vehicle with a trailer on it so I'm pretty proficient at that now so yeah I've never been to a white castle that's where that all came from <laughs> Medical malpractice. All right, one more, one more. So if there's one thing we've learned this year, it's to get your medical advice from actual doctors, not politicians, not your neighbors, and definitely not from Facebook. Federal officials in July said they arrested a man and his two sons who were selling glorified bleach and marketing it as a cure for COVID-19, cancer, autism, multiple sclerosis, AIDS, and pretty much every other ailment under the sun. The Mineral Miracle Solution, as it was called, was actually toxic on top of not being able to cure any modern illnesses, according to authorities. Just as ridiculous as Okeechobee, okay, hang on, I know how to say this, Okeechobee, thank you, took me a minute, county commissioner, was forced to issue an apology for telling his constituents that they could get, they could rid themselves of the coronavirus simply by blowing a hair dryer up their nose. He said the virus just falls apart and disintegrates from the heat. 
Turns out, it doesn't. Huh. I had a hairdryer in my bathroom. <laughs> okay. Disney disasters. Oh, dear. Okay, maybe one more. These are kind of like, it's like, it's like watching a, a car wreck or a train wreck or something. You just, you can't look away. You want to. Your brain is screaming in agony, but you just can't look away. It's not that Disney did anything wrong. The blame here lies on guests like Richard McGuire, a man accused of camping on Walt Disney World's Discovery Island during the theme park's coronavirus closure. Discovery Island has been defunct since 1999, and according to body camera video, the overgrown greenery made the manhunt even more difficult. When he was taken into custody, McGuire told deputies that the island was a tropical paradise, and he planned to hang out there for a week to film YouTube videos and record shows. He's since accepted a plea deal and has been banned from Disney. As far as Disney-related arrests go, there is also a woman accused of blaming her six-year-old child for hiding a gun on the property. A former cast member who reportedly stole hundreds of thousands of dollars from the company, a guest deputy said, hit a security guard who asked him to wear a different type of mask, and another guest accused of turning violent after taking LSD. Do not take LSD and go to Disneyland or Disney World. Do you know what happens when you take LSD? Mickey Mouse becomes a six-foot rat. And it freaks the hell out of me. Do not take LSD and go to a theme park that has walking, talking Muppets. Don't do it. That is huge. Okay, so you know what? I'm supposed to be, I don't, I don't think I should be reading any more of these because I'm supposed to be going to Florida with my mother in January for three months. And I don't think I should be reading anymore. But I'm going to keep reading because, again, train wreck. So invasive Burmese pythons are nothing new in Florida. But this year, they seemed to make headlines more than usual. They reached record-setting lengths and were hunted by the thousands by both people and dogs. They slithered into cars and washing machines. They were eaten by at least one adventurous Florida woman who said they taste like chicken. And because we're in the middle of a pandemic, they were even made into fashionable face masks. <coughs> as far as snakes in general, this year they came in the two-headed variety. They closed parks with their mating activities. They crossed the road and for whatever reason, they were stolen. Gators too. This one was just an old pool floaty that caused a scare, but you can bet the gargantuan gators roamed the state all through 2020. Unfortunately for this man who nearly lost his arm on Lake Jessup, we read about him earlier, this teen walking near a pond, and this man who was bit on the face while playing disc golf. The alligators did get aggressive this year, but there were also some pretty docile ones that just wanted to stroll across a golf course during a tropical storm, play ding-dong ditch, <laughs> hang out at the school playground or get rescued from storm drains. Of course, they were really hungry too. And one big one got caught on camera eating a bunch of ducks. In a reverse of fate, Predator became prey when a hungry heron snacked on a baby gator on Lake Apopka. Why can't places have normal names? Perhaps the fan favorite this year was the Florida man who waded into the water and wrestled a gator that snatched up his poor little puppy. The dog was fine and is now actually a deputy at the Lee County Sheriff's Office. And his brave owner didn't even drop his cigar during the whole ordeal. Alrighty, we're going to bookmark that one for right now because there's more. And now we're going to go back to our nice wholesome fun fact friday did you know our modern interpretation of santa claus see nice and wholesome with a red outfit and white beard is due in large part to holiday coca-cola ads that began in 1931 uh, queen victoria's husband prince albert wasn't the first to introduce christmas trees to britain from his native germany queen charlotte did that in the late 1700s but victoria and albert are credited with popularizing the custom in the mid 1800s Buckingham Palace in London, England has 775 rooms, including 78 bathrooms, while the White House in Washington, D.C. has a mere 132 rooms, including 35 bathrooms. And it takes 570 gallons of paint to paint the exterior of the White House. Just, you know. <laughs> okay, so the teddy bear is named after Theodore Roosevelt because he refused to shoot a black bear cub, and Lincoln Logs are named after Abraham Lincoln, who grew up in a log cabin. Now, my mom, when she drove back from Florida by herself the one year, she went all the back roads and she actually stopped and got to see the log cabin that Abraham Lincoln grew up in. 
I have it preserved. I can't remember where it is. But, um, yeah, she got to, she stopped and she did, like, the whole tour and everything and got to see the cabin and all that. That was pretty cool. Did you know that Play-Doh started out as a wallpaper cleaner before the head of the struggling company realized the non-toxic material made a good modeling clay for children and rebranded it? In the 1940s, a retired school teacher came up with Candyland to entertain children who were hospitalized from polio. Because its color system required no reading, young kids could play easily. Very cool. <laughs> Freelancers, okay? Freelancers. Originally referred to self-employed, sword-wielding mercenaries. Literally, free lancers. <laughs> Did you know, do you know why we shake hands now? Do you? Do you know why we shake hands now? We shake hands now to show we are unarmed. Apparently, they don't shake hands in Texas. Uh, although no longer connected to the beer company, Guinness World Records... My live studio audience got brave there for a minute. I thought he was going to pop in. Um, Guinness World Records was founded by the managing director of Guinness Brewery in the 1950s. So those are your fun facts and freaky weirdness for Friday. I'm starting to lose my voice. I don't know if you've noticed yet, but I'm getting a little hoarse and it's getting a little late. So I think I'm going to, oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. I actually have a Fun Fact Friday that I need to do on a listener request. So Mr. Bice pointed out a Fun Fact Friday for me on Facebook and he tagged me in it. And I told him that I would do the research and I would let him know on the podcast. And the fun fact was, if you replace your morning coffee with green tea, it sucks about 87% of the joy out of your day. Well, Mr. Bice, I'm here to tell you that that percentage is wrong. The actual percentage of joy that replacing your morning coffee with green tea is 99.37%. I've tested it. I have proven it to be true. I almost needed bail money. So I wouldn't recommend substituting your morning coffee for green tea. Now, if you're going to mix pomegranate juice into your green tea, mix in a little Splenda, mix a lovely iced tea. It's really, really good. But don't take out your coffee. Just don't. There you go, Chris. There's your Fun Fact Friday. And if any of you have any you want me to test out, you want me to check out, you want me to look into, tag me in them on Facebook, just like Chris did. And I will research them for you. I will take one for the team, just for you. I will give you my findings on the next podcast. All right, everybody. Until next week, you know where to find me. I am all over Facebook. I am all over Instagram. I am all over Twitter. And if you're really bored, you can come find me on TikTok. Until next week, everybody, have a good one. See ya. Carry on my way, Wilson. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry, Don't you cry.